You've found the podcast where driving matters. Whether you haul, commute, or cruise, we want you to love what you drive. We're here to help you find usability and fun. From first-time buyers to jaded experts, we believe everyone is one great car away from being car-obsessed. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. While Todd grinds his teeth, Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you about the 2023 Porsche Sport Classic that has just been revealed. Do you know what it looks like? It looks like another 911. It is a 911, Uh but it's not just any 911, even though it's based (laughs) on the Turbo S. Do you know how how many times? I can't. Honestly, I wish somebody had a tally. Your little ticker things that you do to count people coming in a room. (laughs) I wish somebody had been running a tally of of all the times someone has said the sentence or a variation of the sentence. It's not just any 911. It's not. Uh Uh-huh. It's well. It's only rear-wheel drive, and it's only in a seven-speed manual. Mm-hmm. But it's been detuned down to five hundred. <laughs> I can't do it. I couldn't you, do it. You thought it, you thought you were selling it. Yeah, down to the five hundred. Down to uh-huh. five hundred forty-three. Yeah. Lowered the torque to only four hundred forty-three pound-feet. All of which is still too much. Holy yeah, moly! I get it. Lower ride really height. Lose. It's got a ducktail spoiler, it, and it's been it light. Looks, it looks cool, but it's another nine eleven. But it's not just any nine eleven though. It really isn't. It's a special edition. Only uh-huh. 1250 will be available for an easy $265,000 each. Yes, it's no money. But that is the retail price. That's probably the MSRP. That has mm-hmm. nothing to do with how they'll be marked up they'll all be well, horse traded. They'll all be snatched up. And most of them, <laughs> most of them will. will never be driven. Yeah, because that yeah. person is going to go. It's limited edition, like they did with the nine eleven R's, limited edition, and yeah. so we're going to resell it with no miles or whatever. Well, this car slots into the Porsche lineup. One of the twenty five variants they offer right now. Well, there's this gaping hole between uh, the GTS uh. and the Turbo that I didn't know existed. It's this huge, unfilled niche. And that's the GTS that has a turbo next to the turbo that has a turbo. It's an underserved market in that Mm. that paper-thin slot. And it's how much? Buyers. $265,000? It's... Okay. It's special. The interior is gorgeous. Is this going to be any more enjoyable... Than if you bought, I, I'm asking this question, and there's no answer, but I'm ask, asking this question. This is going to be any more enjoyable than if you bought yourself the base 911, which I think is the Carrera S that you can get with the manual. Just bought that at a hundred and probably twenty or thirty. You know what's special about it is the fact that you'll feel that as you're driving, and I, and that doesn't count. That's the only thing that you'll have. It's not going to be in the driving experience. It's going to be in the well. I have it. Mm-hmm. And nobody else does, and I've, I have it, and here I am driving it, and that's it. But you're right, compared to a myriad of other Midland sports cars, how about just a regular... I'm ready for the 992 Carrera T. Sure, like, but let's say... And will it be that much better? It'll be $150,000 more than yes, that car. Yes, it will be. But I, I, I just think, when, when the 911R came out, remember <laughs> that when that came out? Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. And at the time was discussed by many people as this is the throwback 911 that Porsche should be making. This is one of the greatest 911s ever, blah, blah, blah. And everybody, and the people that bought them was because they were waiting on their 918s. That's also the thing that was insane about it. This is really how this went down. Yeah, The 918 supercar yes. was delayed, so they were selling these 911Rs. And everybody snatched them up, and then they were worth two or three times. They were instantly going for a million Mm-hmm. And they weren't, they, they didn't, they cost like a quarter of that. But then something interesting happened. Porsche looked at that 911R and went, what are the things about it people like that we're not currently offering in the product line? And they started making that, which brought the 911R prices down because you could get things like a really good six speed again in a 911. Yeah. Yeah. Seven speed. Now, whatever. Yeah. Now, I don't think that this new 911 is offering really, other than being, and you can't see the air quotes, special edition, I don't think it's offering anything that the 911 kind of lineup isn't already covering somewhere it's uh-huh. not you're right it's not it's not i mean it's not just any 911 is what i keep hearing but yeah with summer approaching and temperatures warming up why not be prepared by protecting your vehicle with a custom fit dash mat and a sunscreen from covercraft dash mats are available in a variety of attractive fabrics and colors and will keep your dashboard from being cracked by the sun and sunscreens will help you reduce those interior temperatures and help keep the sun off the interior surfaces too When you're shopping at Covercraft.com, remember to use our code EVERYDAY22 to get a 10% discount, and it ships for free. 
Follow the link from our sponsors page or go directly to Covercraft.com for high-quality covers that keep your car protected and looking its best. So happy Friday, everybody. We've just had a, a, a divergence on, on 9-11s, <laughs> but man, there are a lot of them. Yeah, the want runs deep. We've got a great couple of debates for you. First, we've got Jordan L. in Maryland. He's a Navy helicopter pilot, along with his wife, and they need a commuter. He needs a commuter. We've also got another email that comes from Gloucestershire, England. Adam R. describes his current car and the interior rattly bits as a hornet having a fight with a piece of Lego. Which is superb. It's, that's, it's that's really, brilliant. really, really good, Adam. I, I, I read that and I laughed. And then I went back and read that sentence again because it was really fun. Yeah. versus Lego. But let's jump right in to Jordan's email. He's a first-time listener of the podcast. Jordan, thank you so much for writing in. He stumbled onto the content when researching the new GR86, and he enjoys our delivery of perspective. I'm glad. We, we hope. We, we definitely strive. He says driving and car ownership are some of the only respites that he finds controllable with his life in the mm. Navy. He can truly escape behind the wheel, and he knows his fellow service members listening to our show can relate. You do wow. have somebody that keeps kind of telling you where to do, where to go, and who to do, and what to be, and all that kind of stuff. And this is the military thing. You have orders. Mm-hmm. You will follow said orders. This is where I am. But when you're in the car by yourself on leave, you're doing stuff. That's right. You're deciding stuff. I'd like to stop here. I think I will. <laughs> <laughs> He and his minister of finance are both Navy helicopter pilots in their early 30s who got orders to Southern Maryland. She got orders first, so he had to take leftover jobs Mm. that were close enough to her base. Otherwise, he would have ended up in California. Yikes. So this left him with the only option of taking a job in Washington, D.C. His new set of orders requires him to commute 1.5 hours two or three times a week, depending on the workload. Okay. He's also required to be in D.C. for a week straight once per quarter, which would leave him with 18 hours of commute by the time Sunday rolls around. Wow, okay. They spent 2020 separated on separate ships. That's so tough. Wow. He's not someone to be far from home unless absolutely necessary. You called it, Todd, absolutely. He would rather drive and listen to audiobooks and podcasts, and then he discovered us So they went shopping for a friendly commuter that was good on gas and wouldn't break the budget. Selling his 2016 Ram 1500 rear-wheel drive, not paid off in parentheses, was out of the question (laughs) since it was the first financial decision they made together as a couple. Hmm, They love to take it on road trips to visit family when they're not at sea. The truck is his driver, Jordan's driver, and currently used for moving, which they do more frequently than they want. Yes, another reality of the military. Got it. It's also used for taking their trash recycle to the dump on a weekly basis. They go to the dump. They go to the dump. I actually think that is a hobby of the old men of the world, (laughs) but uh, apparently there are others that have to go to the dump. My father-in-law and my father... Yes, they they, they, they they find some reason to go to the dump every week. They have trash service. I, w- I want to make that clear. See, that's I mean, the difference. For all, for all we know, that Jordan doesn't have trash service, so he's got to go to the dump. And if that's your situation, I get it. Okay? Sure. But, they but might be remodeling a house. My father and my father-in-law have had trash service their entire adult lives, and yet they somehow find reasons to go to the dump. My dad said to me recently, well, I can't really get rid of my truck. I, what if I need to go to the dump? And I was like, why are you going to the dump so much? What are you throwing out? <laughs> How much are you throwing out on it's, a daily basis? It's crazy. I don't See, know. my dad did this a lot on Alaska, but on Alaska, you've got a lot to take to the dump. Cleaning stuff, there's I always guess. stuff to be done. Mm. And so there's also, in Alaska, that's where all the eagles, yes. the bald eagles, hang yes. out. They're beautiful, but they're scavengers. It's so funny because you want to see bald eagles? You go to the dump in Alaska, it's, and there's mm. 200 of them hanging it's less out. less majestic when you think of it like that, isn't it? Yeah. So he was eating lunch with his, uh, with his granddaughter one time. And they were eating a sandwich, and he was done with it, and he just rolled down the window and tossed it out. And he's like, it's the dump. <laughs> <laughs> Where does this go? Here. Out the window. There you it's go. The dump. Some eagle will find it be very happy. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Jordan ended up selling their, his Project 2000 Jeep Wrangler TJ with a 2.5-liter four-cylinder they used as the beach cruiser at their previous local. It's allowed them to put a sizable down payment on their would-be commuter. After carefully considering the options of used efficient vehicles in their Mm -hmm. area. They opted to buy brand new since interest rates were still at 0% and used car options were slim. Jordan's wife's priorities were safety, gas mileage, automatic transmission, and all-wheel drive due to his expectation that his winter drives were going to be just that. Winter, ice, slush, horrible. And keep in mind that, by the way, uh, Jordan's wife still has her 2017 Jeep Wrangler Unlimited 75th Anniversary Edition paid off that she loves. So he has a Ram 1500 that they bought together. 
she has a Jeep Wrangler Unlimited. So when you think about getting rid of the Jeep Wrangler TJ project, yeah, that goes. That could absolutely go. So now we're shopping just small little commuter. And because they got that great deal and looked at the criteria, they wound up with a 2021, he actually says we settled on, but we wound up with (laughs) a 2021 Subaru Crosstrek Sport in Horizon Blue Pearl. They got a great deal. And they're thrilled with what they got for the money. He said the yellow stitching in the car adds a note of sportiness, kind of. <laughs> and it checks all, It checks every box. He, he then spends a whole paragraph talking about how it checks every single box. It does everything he needs it to do. It's been like much more relaxing in the commute in D.C. because it's a much yeah, smaller right. car. They can park it. Look, they don't have a big pickup or a Wrangler Unlimited Rubicon to park in D.C. He can park the Crosstrek. And that's so wonderfully easy. They can take the dog places and they don't care. All of that is wonderful. He never liked collision avoidance, lane keep assist, blind spot monitor. He never liked it until he started commuting in Washington, D.C. And he went, you know what? Those are all good features. People should have those when they commute. All of that's good. Um, He even has a love affair with CDs. I love this. Compact discs. So funny. It has a compact disc player. Oh, my gosh. And he uses it. I forgot that had a compact disc player. He said he actually uses Apple CarPlay and likes it, but he likes CDs. So That's it's so funny. good, but the problem is the it checks all the boxes wore off. Yeah. So we're at three cars, right? The 2016 Ram 1500, the 2017 Jeep Wrangler Unlimited MOFs, and this 2021 Super Crosstrek Sport. Okay. But they're in Maryland now. They've been doing this commute for a year. And he says, any speed over 40 miles per hour bombards his already rotor-damaged ears with Oof. highway noise that leaves him put in on, putting on his noise-canceling headphones for 20 minutes into his journey. Well, he probably has them on the whole time. Yeah. He says, in the summer, it's very hot. By the time he gets home, the shirt, seat, and himself are one. They're in this mm. zen-like state. Everything is one. They have merged. <laughs> well, it. what you've discovered, you said you've never had a car that, for some reason, the heater and the air conditioner weren't able to keep up. And I will tell you absolutely why this is the case, Jordan. I know exactly why, because I've had this experience. Mm. It is amazing how many little four-cylinders cannot keep up an HVAC system. Mm. And and you've had huge trucks, which guess what? They can keep up with the HVAC system while idling. That's true. So you get into That's something true. small, and it just cannot keep up. I remember when I first got my Saab 92X, before that car heated up, there was no chance of having any heat anywhere. And I then once you that. got it heated up, it was hard to keep the cabin warm enough or cool enough, depending upon the season, because the engine, when it was off turbo didn't generate enough power to keep those things blowing like they needed to. When you, so you're, now you're, That's you're screaming everywhere on turbo because that keeps the heat or the air conditioning working right. This is your issue. You're finding small engine problems with HVAC. Wow. When Jordan gets home at the end of the day to see his lovely wife, he's often tired, bitter, and in desperate need of a nap. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, I love you. I need to take a nap. <laughs> All right. After spending so much time away from her, he wants to be able to come home and not be so weary. Given the used car market and the fact he will have to do this drive through spring of 2024, Mm. would it be worth looking into a better commuter car that doesn't age him like being at sea does? Wow. Perhaps he's being a little dramatic, he asks. What else would he choose? Safety features, all-wheel drive, and smartphone integration are priorities for sure. And at this rate, miles per gallon is still desirable with fuel and gas prices the way they are, but they're both listing it as a nice-to-have and listing comfort as the priority. Yeah. Mm. He says traditional sedans with style and power are where it's at for him. He's a big fan of the BMW seven series from the Pierce Brosnan tomorrow never dies era. Do you know that car actually isn't possible to remote control? I just thought I'd clarify that. Not. You can't sit in the back seat and control it on your phone. I just it's want true. you to know that before we get any made further. for a great movie. It did. Yeah, it worked. He says cars like the Chrysler 300 SRT, the Dodge chargers, Mercedes C class. He likes these. But due to deployments and sound judgment, (laughs) sound judgment intervened, Uh he has opted for more utilitarian vehicles. Weirdly, he's also a huge fan of the Fiat 500 Abart. Very fun. He has test-driven it eight times since 2012, as well as many of its competitors in that tiny manual sports car division. But small or tiny cars, as his MOF puts it, do not seem practical enough and can often be quite noisy. She's right, but he still loves to drive them. Mm-hmm. His minister of finance would like to see their next car be a fun date night mobile that has a fun, sporty edge to it. Okay. All right. 
Her favorite example is the Dodge Challenger. She's had extensive experience driving that, but they both agree four doors is best. Okay. Her opinion is that you can't go wrong with any of the major luxury brands, but unfortunately, they admit to having champagne taste on a beer budget. Okay. He recently drove a 2016 BMW 750 IL Drive with the executive Oof. package. That'll ruin you for life. Uh-huh. Showing around 75,000 miles on it. That'll ruin your bank account. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it was quiet. He says, so quiet. Heated, cooled massage seats. Made him forget his lower back pain. Even though it lacked Android Auto and fell short of the Crosstrek's really good gas mileage, the ride quality is making him rethink his mm. more sensible Subaru. <laughs> he says that BMW has all the safety features the Subaru has and even has, wait for it, mm. a CD player. <laughs> I never, uh, honestly, I don't think we've ever had a car debate where one of the things we'd like to have on the list is a CD player. And, and, and here's the crazy thing. It's not because Jordan goes, I don't like smartphones. He likes Android. He wants that feature as well. He wants the connectivity for his phone, but he just likes the reality of, I want a CD in my car. Jordan, are you the guy (laughs) that if if somebody was able to figure out how to have a really cool record player in a car, you'd like that? Are you that? Do you like just the tactility (laughs) of it? Is that what it is? It's it's crazy. Well, Jordan loves the V8 grunt that he experiences in his truck but in a more, more refined package that he was not expecting. That is the BMW. Mm-hmm. And his MOF is impressed, but worried it will have the air of an old man mobile, as well as the cost of an aging high-mileage luxury liner. She's not wrong. <laughs> sorry, sorry, that was out loud. I apologize. <laughs> so is it worth looking into a used luxury sedan? Is it possible to find one reasonably priced? Should he just embrace the suck of his drive and save money in the long run? See, no, that, that, that I can't allow. Yeah, no, we're, okay. we're here yeah. to fix the suck. What suggestions do we have that he might not have thought of? I do have many. Mm -hmm. And is it possible that the grass is greener? Jordan, thank you for writing. Really appreciate it. Yeah, it's a great one. We've got to find you something. Mm -hmm. We've either got to go towards the sporty suggestion, which I have those, or we've got to go full luxury liner within a budget. And even though you haven't specifically stated a budget in here, we're extrapolating Mm -hmm. with super cross track numbers. 21, yep. 23, 25 at the top end, maybe? Well, and what's this BMW running used? I mean, that's another part of the equation is to ponder what that BMW must be Could running Could be used. less, but then yes, maintenance. but I mean, that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whole other problem, yeah. Oh, my double-pane insulated glass window lift yep. broke. That's broken again. Mm. That's not good. I mean, th- the thing is, those things are running the better part of uh, 35, 40 grand for a 7 Series like he's talking about. For the later model, yeah. yeah. To, to get it. So, I mean, I, I feel like we're we're dealing with... 3035 was kind of where my head's at. That may change a bit, but I think 3035 is safe. That's good news because I want to work towards some of these suggestions. And you can, you can say, Jordan, that any of these suggestions and you get later model years and therefore newer, mm. if you've got the budget to do it, sure, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to start out with the Mazda 3. Okay. I'm going to quickly move to the Mazda 3 Turbo. That's on my wildcard list. Is it? Yes. Because it was great. quiet in mm-hmm. there. It was fun to drive, and it was quiet. I remember that. The Civic Si is interesting and fun. It's got four doors. It's twenty nine thirty grand, and it's got a slight edge to it. It's not an automatic, though. True, yes. And it's a little on the noisier side. It's a little bit rowdy. It's yeah, rowdy light. I wonder about his wife for that one. I think she might not like that. Let's continue on to the Mini Cooper S or John Cooper Works. That would be fun. A little bit more rowdy. For sure. There's a bit of um, naughtiness in that car. Just a (laughs) slight bit. But then when you got to the part of your email, Jordan, where you started talking about old man mobile and luxury liner Uh and you threw gas mileage out the window, I thought there is zero shame in buying a car because it's quiet, because it is a respite. From your job, from everything else you do, Mm -hmm. there is nothing to be ashamed about. Mm. And maybe it's the big car that you take you and your wife out to dinner and that's the the getaway. Okay, so you don't have a hot sports car. Mm. That comes later. Sure. Unless you're flying helicopters. I mean, that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's that's at least okay. Mm -hmm. So I started with the thought of the Acura TSX, that one from 2003, 2005, 2008, 2011, somewhere in there. Okay. And that led me to a Lexus IS300, still not quite right. I thought about the 2003 Jaguar XJ, the car I almost got instead of the Maserati. Yes. Low-priced, f- not fun, but definitely a, a cocoon. Mm-hmm. 
Luxurious and interesting, for sure. Let's keep going to a 2016 BMW 228i with 62,000 miles for 17.4. 17, That's a good find. I like that. That led me to a 2014 BMW 228i Coupe with 46,000 miles, lower miles, 8-speed auto for $13,994. Hmm. Sterling McCall Lexus in Houston, Texas has that car for sale right now. Free shout out. $14,000, though, for a 2014 228i Coupe with only 46,000 miles. That's a, that's a deal. The car that's market is car. crazy right now, but that seems okay. That's a legitimately good deal. Yeah. And it's not salvage. I looked. It's hadn't been upside huh. down in a pool. <laughs> it seems fine. Is it covered in Texas hail damage? It's not. Probably okay. And I thought, if we're going coop, that's fun-ish. That's starting to get good, a good balance between, you know, it's kind of sporty, kind of luxury. We're not really taking MPG into consideration at that point. I yeah. threw caution to the wind and chased a 2000 Porsche Boxster S with 65,000 oh, wow. miles. That is caution to the wind. Six-speed manual, but only $18,900 at Plaza Motors, Arizona in Tempe, Arizona. Mm-hmm. But then I threw all that out. Okay. And I went specifically towards the respite, the luxury car mm. for cheap. Okay. All right. The ones we've all forgotten about. Okay. And I started my search wrong. I had to go back and research to find the right. I, I did it wrong. It's the Hyundai Genesis 5.0 R-Spec from 2008 to 2016. Oh, their early one. Their early big sedan. You can't search Genesis. You have to search first Hyundai, then Genesis, yeah. and then tell the search engine, go sedan. Before they rebranded. Exactly. Yeah, when it was the coupe and that car. Exactly right. Yeah, okay. So don't search Genesis. Yeah, yeah. Start with Hyundai, then search Genesis, sure. and then they'll come up. And many of them are $15,000 or less, that's and they a, will just run. That's a lot of car for that amount of money. How about that weird Hyundai Equus? We saw one yes, the other day. Yes, The horse-themed the horse. car. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Their, their, attempt to do, their first attempt to do like an, S, uh, an LS Lexus competitor. Yes. The Hyundai Equus. That was around for five minutes. Yeah. But that, it doesn't have that same perception that the 7 mm. Series. It's true, nearly true. there. It's going to be quiet. It's mm-hmm. going to be fast and have a lot of power. It's going to be a comfortable car. Nobody will look at that and say, you know, old man luxury liner. But, yeah. wow, oh, yeah, I forgot about those. And it was a high-end luxury car. That was the initial foray into yeah. Yeah, yeah. them deciding to, you know, carve off the Genesis brand entirely. Mm-hmm. But what about those two, the Genesis sedan, and then the Equus was like the notch above that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it originally came with an Apple iPad uh-huh. as the instruction manual. That was the selling point. They were super excited about the fact it did not come with an owner's manual. Yeah. It came with an iPad with the owner's manual loaded. Before they realized you can just go onto our website, and we are, download we are a PDF. Su- we are super future. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> but those two, the price is kept low, mm. and that way, I think they'll just run. Mm. It'll be comfortable. It's going to be quiet for you. I, I'm most concerned about the seat in it and the the level of noise yeah, than yeah, I am I that. Over, based on your email, Jordan, over MPG. Yeah, and I'm thinking this is the the worry free seven series because you paid less for it and it's probably yeah, just going to yeah. run. That's good. Many of them are hundred to hundred and forty thousand miles. I found some in the seventy to eighty thousand range. Mm. Fine, great, just drive them. Get the basic maintenance done they'll probably just run that's my suggestion for you that's good i like it jordan what, what i think is interesting here is that you actually have had the life experience of what we do on this show mm. you went out and you found a car in the crosstrek that it checked you walked us through it you walked us through it in detail it checked every single box of exactly what you were looking for mm-hmm. and you got a great deal and you got zero percent financing you got the color you wanted it, it you gave us your parameters, and then you, you sat there and knocked down every single parameter as to why the Crosstrek nailed it. And a year later, you went, you know what, though? It's not any fun. <laughs> this is exactly what we do on this show, because there's plenty of cars out there that check the boxes of the things you say you need. But if, you, if it's drudgery to be in it, that car's a fail for your yeah. life. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that there's a person out there that drives a Prius and it does everything and they love their Prius. Okay. Right. But it's a serious problem if you don't like being in your car because supposedly it does everything it needs to do, but you just don't want to be in it. That's, yeah. Jordan, this is exactly what we do here at Everyday Driver. So thank you. We're so glad you're listening. We're so glad you wrote in. You haven't been specific on budget, but again, I think it may be as high as 30 30 to 40 grand. It could be. It could be way up there. You know what I want to talk about, Jordan? Mm. Cheap 
old sedans. Really? We did that. Yeah, we did. Mm, I, have, you, have you seen these, Jordan? Don't try to sell them a Phaeton. No, I'm not going to. In fact, okay. I'm going to tell you right now, Jordan, that what you don't need <laughs> is a Volkswagen Phaeton. Because that this, W12 Phaeton looks tempting. Your, Run away. Your, your lovely wife and minister of finance is on to something here, and that is that it, it's not even the old man problem, because I agree with you, Paul. If, if this is just a respite car, then let it be that. Let people think whatever they want. Absolutely. If you're loving that massage seat and the great heated and cooled everything, and, and the, I love that. that. If that's what you're buying it for, and this was the thing, I, I, honestly. find out the Equispecs. I didn't realize seats. how beneficial that was until I had a Phaeton. And then there were times when I was just like, I just want to take the Phaeton. It's right. an old luxury car, right. but I, just, I own a Lotus, but right now I'm just in a Phaeton mood. And I appreciated all of the things it did. And to this day, rarely do we get in a car that rides better than the Phaeton did at $5,000 and broken down. Okay? <laughs> so there is something to these cheap luxury cars. But the, the side note is when anything breaks, and it's not if, it is when. Mm. When anything breaks, mm-hmm. it will be very expensive. And depending upon how complicated, the Phaeton being an extreme example, Who's going to work on it? Right. When I had my right. Phaeton, believe it or not, these great mechanics we have locally, Cox, Cox Auto, they're, they're awesome. They're great to us, so they deserve the shout-out. They've worked on everything of ours. Yeah. From yeah. the Lotus to the Porsche to the Phaeton to everything. It randomly happened in tiny little Park City that when I had my Phaeton, there was another Phaeton in town <laughs> also going to Cox. And it had a lot more gremlins than mine. They didn't like that car. To the point that they actually, then they, they apologized, but they actually told the owner at one point, they said, we're going to ask you to not bring this car back. Oh. Because it was so difficult to work on, and yeah. it was always back. That's a problem. So, so this is the problem with, and the, again, the Phaeton is an extreme example. <laughs> Sometimes you have to fire your customers. But, but the, the issue being here, that that cheap sedan challenge really was interesting to Paul and I because we were amazed when the cars ran and all the great things they did. And go watch that series again. But stuff was broken the day we bought them. Stuff was broken the day we got rid of them. Stuff <laughs> broke along the way, and we spent money on it. Yeah. So I'm concerned about the old luxury. Uh, you get a lot of luxury for your cash, but that 7 Series concerns me. If you're going to really go that route, you have to drive an Audi A8. You must. And you must drive an equivalent Mercedes S-Class. So mm. you've really thought about Because mm. I understand what your connection to the 7 Series is because of the Bond film, and I get it. But drive the A8 and the, and the Merc S-Class because you might actually like them more as a driver. I think the Audi seats are brilliant. Every time I'm in one of the upper-end Audis and I'm in those seats, I'm just like, yeah, I don't really want to get out ever. <laughs> They're, they're unbelievably good. And, and depending upon the way you spec an S-Class, the front and rear seats can be that good. So you definitely need to drive it. If you're, doing, if you're doing old luxury, but be careful. You could go conservative old luxury and look at a one of the hot big 5-liter Lexus GS. That's their 5-series competitor. Oh, yeah. Get the 5-liter in that. That's yes. got some genuine power, but it's got Lexus reliability behind it. That 5-liter is actually really good. Or a similar generation LS. That's mm-hmm. just going to mm-hmm. run. Okay, that is the old luxury sedan that you bought that, guess what, it's just going to run. It doesn't have a lot of personality, but what you need is comfort. It will do that all day long. And a CD player. And Exactly. Don't forget that part. And it will keep running. So the Lexus GS or LS cannot be ignored. If you want to get a little more aggressive, a little less old man car, used Porsche Panamera. Okay. Jordan, you got to drive that car. Oh, yeah. Because you can That's get that with balance. all of the great luxury seating. I mean, the budget goes up, want. but yeah. Well, but if, he's, if yeah. he's shopping, you know, 45 grand or so, and he's shopping, you know, mid-2000s, I mean, early 2010s vehicles, that's where those live. Shoot. Jordan, even if you keep it to the 3-liter V6. Yes. The base Panamera. He's not, he's not looking for, that's what fine, I'm thinking. He's fine. not looking for the big throwdown car, but it's going to have better dynamics and it's going to have, it's not going to have the old man feel hey, and it's no. going to have a fantastic seat to sit in. Yeah. So I yeah. think it's worth looking at. Those are all of my old luxury. And then I have two that are pretty new, man. In fact, depending on your budget, maybe you could buy either one of these brand new. One of them is the one you mentioned, Paul, and that is the Mazda 3 Turbo. So good. The Mazda 3 Turbo gets like 30-something miles to the gallon. Now, I realize miles per gallon is not the point, but, but what I'm seeing here is the luxury that you don't have in the Crosstrek is in the Mazda 3 Turbo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, some of the, the driving flair is also in the Mazda 3 Turbo. If you want to stay that size and get some decent gas mileage, it's hard to beat that car. But then I have a convergence car that okay. is my favorite for you, Jordan. It's all of the things that you want in an old luxury sedan 
without being one of the big old luxury sedans. Okay. So it, it's kind of the bridge car between that feeling and this Mazda 3 Turbo world. Okay. You need a Genesis G70. Interesting. Comfortable seats, luxurious interior, quiet. Get it with the three point. What is it? The three point three liter. Three point three. The the sport flavor that we had was forty nine thousand dollars. True MSRP. But they've been around a few years. That was a brand new one. They've been around yes, a few. years. They have. They have. So you know you could find one in the forties. I feel confident that you could. Great Ooh. dynamics. Really. It doesn't seem like an old person's car. It doesn't seem like some old executive's car. You could drive that car and love it. It doesn't have a lot of backseat space, but you don't need a lot of backseat space. And it's, it's interesting and sexy enough that you can take your wife out for a really nice dinner and a great date night or find a nice back road. It does all of these things. But I also believe that when you're sitting still in traffic, you're going to be like, this is a car that's comfortable. <laughs> That is a CD player slot. Oh, there you go. I, I, Equus I actually, has it. Uh, the Equus does. I actually wasn't shopping CD player, and you may, you may die to that CD in the G70. Player. But I think the Genesis G70 is the new car play here <laughs> that gets you the, everything you want. Well, that's so funny. Either old or new, Genesis is the play. I didn't expect that, but there you go. Our friends at Griot's Garage have got a new line of ceramic products to make your car care easier and more satisfying than ever. Start with the new Ceramic Wash and Coat, an ultra-slick formula that can be used with either the bucket wash method, which I like, or a foaming sprayer, which I also like, or a cannon, which I also like. We actually take Griot's Speed Shine with us on every single shoot. It's the ultimate for quick detailing, and it now has ceramic protection as well. Ceramic Speed Shine maintains a slippery gloss finish in between your main washing and protection days. And they even have ceramic trim wipes for long-lasting protection on plastic trim. Try any of these products or use them as your new wash routine. They are 100% guaranteed and all their liquid products are made in the USA. Don't forget to use the code EDRIVER when you order at griotsgarage.com. Our audience gets 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else. That's G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. Adam R. comes to us from Gloucestershire, England with the Hornet versus Lego email. This is so brilliant. It's, it's really good. Because can't we all just hear that happening in the car? Totally. It's that weird creak you can't get rid of. What is that terrible buzzing? It's, it's the Hornet on. that plays with the Lego in the in the, the glove box. That's exactly what's going what's on. What's going on back uh-huh. there? Well, Adam is 27. He lives in Gloucestershire, England. He's six foot one inches tall. He works as a landscape gardener. He's got a budget of around 20000 Paul limited to 23000 You have listened. <laughs> yes, that's what I like. We went right up front. It's like, here's, here's what you need to know about me. Here's how old I am. Here's how tall I am. Here's the budget. And by the way, Paul, here is the outer <laughs> Just, limit. Yeah, all right. All right. I'm solving it right Fair now, enough. right up front. Well, Adam purchased a 2018 Fiesta ST in January as his first car mm. with any fun or character, thinking this would be the end of his search. You're a car person that's only the beginning. <laughs> he loves driving that Fiesta due to its twitchy light steering and lovely exhaust. Yes. But he's fi- he finds himself falling out of love with it quite quickly due to the rather loud collection of noises in the interior that sounds like a hornet and a piece of Lego are constantly having a fight anywhere he drives. I just, I, that Adam, is brilliant I want to write writing. it down and use it again later. It's really good. Yeah. But he wants more power. Mm-hmm. He's had a crush on the Hyundai i30N for about two years and possibly the Megane RS300. Yes, those are both very cool. He realizes that both of those cars may also have cheap interiors that rattle. Mm, I'm glad you realize this because you are not wrong, sir. So he's conflicted and he's open to anything manual or automatic, two-seater or four doors. He's not really keen on going older than what he has now. So about 2018. Yep. Supportive seats would be good as he's got a bent spine. It would prefer not to be sliding around too much. Thank you for writing, Adam. This This is is great stuff. It's very, very interesting. I think I have the choice for you. So I'm going to start right there. Let's, okay. I love that you're looking at the Hyundai i30N, but what about the i20N? Oh, yeah. 2019 to 2020, so that's slightly newer. Mm-hmm. It's, the, I believe, the 1.6. That thing is fun and hot and looks great. Yeah, and it's very much the Fiesta competitor. The i30 is a little bit bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You can't ignore it. And I, yeah, the 30 is great. It's bigger, but that i20N is very compelling, I think. I'm, I'm just in love with Mini Cooper JCWs. Yes, you are. You're, and I'm in love with the fact that you know, you're in the UK and you're driving one of those things, mm-hmm. and I think you'd love it. But then let's go to cars that we don't get in the US. You know what I just realized? Sorry, this just this, I had an image float through my head on a British B-Road of a, of a JCW Mini, and I realized something all of a sudden. <laughs> 
You know the the trucks or the cars that drive around the U.S. emblazoned with the American flag. Yeah, and we all kind of go, "I get it." Uh-huh. I, I get, I get it. Thank you. Yes, we're in the, we're in America. You like America. You have your flag. We get it. Sure. Is that the feeling if you drive a Mini Cooper with the Union Jack on the roof in England? Maybe because over here Maybe. it's kind of kitschy and interesting. Oh, I'm, you're driving a British car. It's a German car. You're driving a British car and it's got the Union Jack on it. It's got the Union Jack and the taillights. And all of us Americans go jolly good. You know, we're sure. excited about it. If you're doing that in England, is it too much? Is it the bridge too far? I'm just wondering. I think it's the same thing as when people wear clothing or, or T-shirts from some other country advertising. You know, I was there. Sure, this is my thing. Whether it's you know um, American memorabilia in China or that's you know Americans wear Italian stuff. I have my Monaco shirt from of course. when I was in Monaco. But this is I a Union that. Jack car driving around the Union, driving around Britain. Okay, we are driving the flag around the country that we're currently in. Sure, and here it's a bridge too far if you do it with the U.S. flag. And I'm just wondering if all of the Union Jack stuff on the Mini in England is like no, I, and only Adam could tell us. Maybe, I, yeah. I'm asking this. All of a sudden, I thought of that. Anyway, onward, sorry. Okay, so onward to these cars that we don't get in the U.S. I think the Hyundai i20N is your play. You might not like much power, but the Hyundais are excellent. And I don't think they'll have the rattly, buzzy thing going on. It might be more like a ladybug and a piece of sawdust or something, or a piece of lint. (laughs) It's like less, okay, is the idea. But you have the Audi RS3 hatch. That's true. You also have the Mercedes AMG A35 and A45S, which matches your budget in the 2016 and 2017 model year range. Those were very cool. Those are so cool. And then I got a wild hair. I thought, wouldn't it be cool if your landscape gardener rolled up in a 2018 Alpine A110? Well, yeah, it would. They're too expensive, though. They're too expensive. I don't know where you put anything of landscape gardening in an Alpine A110. You ship it ahead. You have somebody else deliver it for you. <laughs> somebody else drives the truck. When, you, when you're but muddy you from a long up. day of doing that in England, do you want to climb in your Alpine A110? <laughs> what? Call up Covercraft and see if they could custom make some seat they covers for you because you're going to need them. Alpine Center Manchester has won 42,490 pounds with only 39,000 miles. Well, now I want that. I mean, 39,000 miles and 42 mm. grand. I mean... It's it's out. It's, it's the out. Wrong, it's the wrong car, but it's really compelling. I'm intrigued by it. It just I don't need it. I just thought, how much are A110s in the UK? <laughs> this is what happens with this podcast. You and I end up on these. You know what I've wondered about? I'm going to look this car up. The problem is, and they, call it work. Exactly. That's what we do. They haven't dropped far enough, mm-hmm. quickly enough, for us crazy enthusiasts. Nevertheless, I'm backing up to the Mercedes AMG, the A35 and A45S. Those are good. I love those things. They're very cool. It's like the next step up. It's the gentleman's hot hatch. It's the next step. And it's not the GLA45 that we have here. It's not that. It's the little bit smaller. It's still got that Fiesta ST feeling. I think that you're not done with yet, mm-hmm. but there's more luxury. And when you experience a creak in that, at least you'll know you paid more for it or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> okay. All right. Interesting. I like it. Um, okay. Here's a couple thoughts I had. Uh, the i30N is essentially the more usable body style of the Veloster N. We like that drivetrain. We like all the things you can customize. I think you'd like that car quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that would work. The The Magan RS300 is similar to that. I think you would like that. I, I can see where you are in hatchbacks. I had two others I thought of, though, that I really think would be an advancement from where you are on refinement Mm. but still be fun. Okay. And one is, do you guys have the 11th gen Civic Si yet? Because I thought of that too, and Honda UK's website does not have it on have, there. They, they only have on the there. Civic Hybrid over there. Yeah. Which is a bummer. But you do I, have that Honda E, that electric cool E thing. That's fair, yeah. So, so I, I, I really wanted that Civic Si for you. I'm with you, and I took it off my list because I couldn't yeah, find it on their, on that's, their website. That's my confusion there, yeah. which takes me to this car. Very different than your Fiesta ST, but I think it's a progression car for you. I think you'd love it. Get yourself any flavor of rear-wheel drive manual BMW 2 Series. Those are great. It's totally different than the feel of what you have now, but it's a little bit grown up from where you are now. But the big thing is, look, you've got a BMW interior around you. It's going to be worlds better than what you're fighting with right now. True. True. You're going to trade 
good front-wheel drive dynamics for good rear-wheel drive dynamics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Get a good manual transmission of that, good seats, good interior, more power. I think you would love driving that car. And you have said to yourself early on here, you bought a Fiesta ST thinking it was your first fun car and it would be like you were done. You're not done. You just started. That, that it was the entry drug into, oh, cars can be this fun. <laughs> okay? But a two-series rear-wheel drive BMW, I think it solves it, man. I think, Adam, you're done right there. It does, although is there going to be the issue of my landscape gardener drives a BMW. I'm paying my landscape gardener way too much money. Well, yes and no. Especially with an, my landscape gardener drives an Alpine A110. <laughs> see, that one I really see. Hmm. Well, it, I need to rethink our, our arrangement. How here. about the, the one series we didn't get that was the five-door hatch that was rear wheel drive? I love that car. That actually looks a little more workhorse. I mean, because the, the crazy thing going on as well in the UK that Adam is dealing with is the fact that I wonder if that's less of an issue in the UK because people know how much cars fall off cliffs in prices. If you rolled up in Maybe. a new one, a new two series, that's like, a bit of a problem. What, what's what's going on out there with the Lord guy? But <laughs> business but, is good, exactly. Huh? But if it's a few year old two series or a BMW, I, people know those just drop off cliffs. Yeah, you didn't yeah. have to have some amazing windfall to get a four year old, five year old car in the UK because they're all down to nothing. Because the regist- if I remember correctly, the registration gets more expensive with the older cars, and people end up trading up. There's other reasons that I forget right now as to why it's beneficial. But the old stuff, people don't sure. buy them. Sure. Two series, man. I think you'd have a, f- a lot of fun with it. Interesting. Adam, write to us your car conclusion and your car debates, of course, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. When your car needs new brakes, and it will, it's a great time to upgrade for better stopping power. We're excited to partner with PowerStop Brakes for an easy way to get more performance for something you already need. PowerStop is on a mission to deliver better brakes on every vehicle in every situation, from daily commuting to towing to track days. These are bolt-on, direct-fit parts for better braking with no modifications required. Every PowerStop Complete Brake Kit comes with all the parts you need to upgrade your brakes. That includes the pads, rotors, and even those little clips and fasteners. Plus, all their pads are made from a carbon fiber ceramic compound, which they've tested extensively to deliver low dust and noise-free performance. So the next time you need new brakes or simply want to upgrade, visit PowerStop.com and enter your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use car finder. Give your everyday driver the easy and affordable performance upgrade it deserves at PowerStop.com. Ian Darrow's talking tires. Do you see this? On Instagram. Oh, yeah. He's asking tire questions. And I, I, for whatever reason, I like tire questions. I don't know why. I, I became the evangelist for tires They're on this all program. Good. He says he's put, he just put four new PS4 tires on his recently purchased Jaguar XKR. And he's going, man, that was expensive. That's just painful to get good tires on a good used car. He said, how much do we consider the cost of new tires when purchasing a used vehicle, especially when it's old enough that the tires are probably going to have to be replaced either way? Learn how to read date codes on tires. That's the first thing I'm going to say is the public service announcement for this podcast. There's a little like pill-shaped piece on on the side of tires. It gives you, if I remember correctly, the week and the year. So it's a four-digit code. Right, right. What was the week and what was the year? And if those are more than four or five years old, guess what? I don't care how good the tread is. This is the way we've always bought cars. Well, here's a picture of how good the tread is. Yeah, but the right. tires are 10 years old. Exactly. Those tires are bra- – I'm not driving on those. So, so learn, all of you, learn how to read date codes on tires and check them on the car you are about to buy. That's happening. But this is the thing. Ian, this is one of the big reasons. Tires are one of the big reasons that we say to people when they're thinking about buying a five to $10,000 car, we're like, no, you're not. Because right, if you're buying right. a car that is that old, the five to eight grand range especially, it will almost definitely need tires. It might need brakes. And you probably want to get to do some fluids. I bet you most cars, five to $8,000, even if you think you got an amazing deal on a perfectly well-running car, will probably need 1000 to $2,000 of upkeep instantly mm-hmm. because of tires, oil, and, and fluids and that kind of stuff. So that's not surprising. And so, Ian, I... In recommending cars, unless it's the really low-budget stuff, people are like, I have $4,999. I rarely bring it up otherwise. Because if you're buying a $10,000 car, I just kind of assume you're going to have to do that. We've done it with our uh, cheap car challenges every year. <laughs> We've had to do stuff like this. If you're spending $20,000 on a used car, that price is still there. But it's, it doesn't. I feel like it's not as much of a barrier than if you're one of the people buying it really cheap and you're thinking, I will not spend dollar over six grand. Yes, you will. Because tires are a thing. 
Ian, my comments to you about tires are the byproduct of what Todd and I do. And it's about experiencing a lot of different kinds of tires and a lot of different cars and driving in a lot of different weather. Everybody has driven in a lot of cars in different weather, but I'm to the point now in my driving career where the particular hour of weather, when I look outside, Mm. I'm thinking about the tires on the car that I'm about to go drive. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Constantly thinking about it. And it hasn't been until we've really gotten used to those all weather tires from Nokian that we've Mm. got on the cars Mm -hmm. of the past that I have relaxed Mm. in anything. Throw it at me. Okay. It's spring sleet crazy. Where did that weather come from? It was sunny 20 minutes ago. (laughs) Fine. Or, It's dry. Great. We'll go. The tires will still be great. Mm -hmm. But everything else past that, of course, the all weathers are not super high performance summer tires. So I'm not going to be doing a lot of tracking on those kinds of tires. Mm -hmm. But if it's generally any kind of weather and you've got all weather tires on that car and you're you're doing normal things with it, you're not doing high performance driving of any kind. It's just normal car. That is a consideration. Yeah. Because I'm to the point, like I said, I think about the tires on the car that I'm driving constantly, whether it's mine, whether it's a press car, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about it constantly and what I'm doing in my driving to either back off or attack more. Mm. Uh, It's gotten a little colder and I'm not on, you know, good tires. I'm on some super high performance tires and let's back it off. You know, it's affecting my driving. I, I hadn't thought about the fact that I do that too. You're right. When it's 60 degrees and the winter tires are on the car, I'm kind of like, yeah, that's I'm not like at my best. We look at the temperature and think, okay, yeah. I'm thinking about the temperature of the pavement <laughs> and we are ambient geeks. air quality. <laughs> and, complete tire geeks. Uh, what's the yes. tread life remaining on my ultra high performance, whatever? <laughs> it's gone pretty far. But all that to say is tires do matter. It matters on used, new you want that same kind of performance. Doesn't matter what you're driving. Suck, squish, bang, brap says he's like a car it. obsessed. Is he a car obsessed adult child? Is at the bank and a teller who's come to know him <laughs> there asks if he has any shirts without cars on them. His casual wardrobe is blip shift. He replied. Can you tell I hate cars? Yeah. Should he stop dressing like his five-year-old? No, no is the answer. Well, and if you have the ability that your day-to-day life allows you to be able to dress in car t-shirts, I think you won. <laughs> I think you're, you're, if you're rocking the thing that you're obsessed about, whatever that is, yeah, yeah. and you get to do that all the time, I think I was counting my shirts and I've got a North Face t-shirt, I've got a Cannondale t-shirt, and the rest are pretty much cars. <laughs> well, but here's the thing. Cars are tracks. The yeah. bank teller is not wearing what they want to wear right now. True. That I doubt they got it. I'm like, you know what? I want I want to put that on. They needed to put whatever it was on. <laughs> you put on a shirt you liked and you went to the bank, which means you were probably either getting money out to buy something fun or putting money in that you made. If this if you can go through life in that kind of t-shirt, I think that is a win. <laughs> For sure. On Twitter, Dan Barnes says, "Do we think that America's electric vehicle market will eventually have a small niche similar to the original Beetle. And then he's explaining himself. He's saying, essentially, will there be an EV in the U.S. market that is no frills, low cost, good engineering, interesting design, clever marketing? It's the people's EV is essentially what he's saying. And if that is to come, when do we think it's coming and who do we think it's coming from? I think the best person to do this is Honda. Do you? I mean, they've already did that that Honda E thing, which is which is cute. It's genuinely good looking. Yeah, it's got a giant screen in it too. I, I think I think this is coming, but I but the problem is that right now all the automakers are really, uh, in spite of how they move money around, and in spite of how much the stock market really likes them saying they have EVs, <laughs> and also them being able to say they have the tax credit for the the CO two and the blah blah because they have. In spite of all of that, the reality is. Most companies have a lot of trouble making any money off an EV. The new Ford F-150 with the big V8 just fire hoses profit at Ford. But the new EV, because of materials, because of all the way they have to make them, they're really hard to have a good margin that has them make money. Watch what Rivian did when the prices of their materials went up. They raised their prices. Yeah. Yeah. So what we're going to have to do is get over a hurdle here 
of volume and the ability to find enough of the material for the batteries, which is already becoming an issue, we're going to have to get to a place where the automakers in general are making money on EVs. There's a profit margin there. Then somebody's going to be able to scale it down. And I don't know when this will happen. Scale it down so they can make a really cheap one and still have it make money. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the EVs, like the the Mini E or the Fiat 500E, those were cars you only leased because they were loss leaders. The companies did them Huge. for other benefits, but they yeah. didn't make money on those cars. They couldn't make money. They cost too much to make. So somebody's going to have to get over that hurdle. Tesla, sorry, just to bring it up, Tesla's prices, guess what, consistently go up. They never really made a $35,000 car, and they really don't now. I'm not sliding them for it. I'm just saying this is what the market's done. So we got to get to a place where EVs can actually have a profit margin so that you can make it smaller and cheaper and still make a profit. But I do think engineering-wise, what you're talking about, if this is just done so well, I could see a little tiny car from Honda. That's pretty good, and it's going to be a niche part of the market and super niche because – Dan, the first item that you mentioned here was no frills. Mm -hmm. And I think we consumers are ruined Mm. to frills. (laughs) And car companies are very, very good at capitalizing on this. Mm. Do you really want, let's use Tesla, you really want any of their products with the base stripped down, nothing on it? No, you're willing to pay. Well, that is kind of a nice upgrade. Mm. Okay, it's only five grand. I'm not going to really feel that in my payment. And all the trim levels on cars everywhere. Yeah, yeah. The luxury items mm-hmm. that seem like, well, I really think I need some heated seats and yeah. heated steering wheel, and the steering wheel should be cooled, and <laughs> the steering wheel should connect to the internet. And <laughs> I, I really good news. <laughs> I need that. It's very difficult now for us to differentiate between wants and needs. All of us enthusiasts who just want a stripper that's just good at driving only and we don't care about the rest of that stuff, that was accomplished with a rear-wheel drive, manual transmission, Mm. something. Yeah. Stripped down fun sports car because that's all it's pretending to be. Mm -hmm. But for a future EV, EV implies tech. And what do we all want? Tech, a lot of it, especially when you buy an EV. Are we willing, are we consumers willing, and will car markets and car manufacturers capitalize on it just has batteries, an electric motor, and a steering wheel? Mm. The end. The only, the the market for this. Are we willing? And then it's going to squeak and rattle like a hornet's fighting a piece of Lego. I love it. The, the, The only real market for this is the people, and we've had this discussion kind of globally in cars for a while, the people that buy the cheapest car currently on sale. The cheapest new one. Right. Remember when the, the Mitsubishi Mirage four or five years <laughs> ago in that terrible, <laughs> like, off-color lipstick pink was Here's the cheapest the car available? Yeah, it's, it's awful. Ugh. It really, it's like post-traumatic stress thinking about the car. I totally yeah. agree. But, but remember when that was out there and people were buying them. Why? Because they wanted the cheapest brand new car they could get that had a warranty so they had no other expenses. The budget is so locked Uh in uh that I'm going to pay this much per month and this much in gas and there will be no other dollars leaving right? because this has got a warranty and is a brand new car. And there is a market for that. There always has been. I mean, 18-way power seats are available? Huh. Yeah, I'm not going to do that because I can't afford it. But remember when, when Tata in India made, what was it, the $5,000 brand new car? Oh, you know, and gosh. it was a plastic disaster, but, <laughs> yes, but it was. this is who that was for. So I think there's a market, but the problem is I don't think there is a margin to make it. I don't think there's any that will exist for a while. Let's stick with the EV theme here from 9NA3rd, asking our thoughts on Chevrolet's announcement of an electrified and electric C8. Will this make me wait to buy one? Asking me. In the video, it looks like the front wheels are powered, certainly, and maybe no hope for a manual version. So there will be a trade-in for C8 money units, C8 monetary units in for the Porsche Taschengeld. That's German for pocket money, and I'm <laughs> sure I screwed up the pronunciation. But it's fun anyway. But all 9NA third wants is a gas-powered scalpel with a manual and just enough technology for Apple CarPlay, full stop. Mm. You're right, We knew the C8 electrified version was inevitable. Yes. And Chevy at this point has outlined clearly the generations of cars of the C8 that are coming. Yeah, yeah. goes up to 1,000 horsepower. It's going to be nuts. Mm -hmm. It's going to be insane. And I welcome that. I think it's fantastic. 
Yes. I never looked at the C8 and didn't think there would be an electric version. Yeah. The minute we opened the frunk for the first time, I was like, well, there's where the engine goes. Exactly. And, I, and yeah. I'm going to say it again. I think it's yeah. going to ruin the steering of that car, but it's going to wind up with a ton more power and all-wheel drive. Yes. And I think somewhere in the Grand Sport Z06 will still be the sweet spot. Shoot, the fully loaded base model is so great. It's excellent. What's weird about it, though, is the first current version that it's in, and that is a muscle car sound coming out of a shape that looks like that. Mm, yeah, yeah. That's what's weird about it. Electric out of that shape and moving silently, that will be normal. That feels that is going to feel absolutely more organic, right. isn't it? That's an interesting that point. Fits. Yeah, you're right. But a muscle car sound, mm. as it is right now, rah, you know. <laughs> you're right. It does seem really weird out of that body shape. It just seems strange to me. So it's actually strange now, and the electric seems normal. Revs up on Instagram says, if we weren't doing everyday driver, what would be our automotive dream job? Mm. I thought about this for a while, and I think I have one. I don't think I'm qualified, but I think I know what it is. Okay. Development driver. Okay. Okay. The guy yeah. that goes yeah. out, I mean, Billy Johnson, who listens to this podcast, is a friend of the show. He was a development yeah. driver yeah. on the, the latest Ford GT and the GT350 and 350R and GT500 for Ford. Yes. He yes. drove Le Mans for Ford. He's he's a bit of a hot shoe. Just in case you haven't <laughs> heard Billy a on the program bit. before. He's a, he's a yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, he's a stig, stig guy. But... That, I don't have the skill set, but the idea of taking a car out and driving it around and coming back and going, it's still pushing, or mm-hmm, you know what, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I'm not getting enough information in the steering, or telling things that the engineers can then go tweak and bring it back to you and you can see if it's better or worse. I think that's phenomenal. That's like the test fighter pilot, of which I always liked anyway, of cars. Yeah, yeah. I do not have the skill set, but I think that would be very fun. I've thought about racing driver at, at, at any level, a, a pro level. I'm not talking F1. Maybe Le Mans. Le Mans is interesting to me, like the Tom Christensen mm-hmm. kind of level. That is fascinating just because of the grueling nature of it, you yeah, versus yeah. machine. I'm, I'm intrigued by that. Becca Walker 90 has two car washing questions. Do I use a separate sponge or mitt when cleaning the much grimier bottom panels of the car, like the rockers or bottom of the bumper? Sometimes it depends on how dirty they are, mm. but you want to make sure they're thoroughly sprayed down first before you go after them. But yes, you, you definitely could. And is there a trick to washing these micro, microfiber towels? Uh, when they get really dirty from a waterless wash, they stick to their larger pieces of dirt, which mm. can then scratch the car. You can't let your microfiber get that dirty. You have to use more of them. Essentially, what you need is more microfiber. You need a bunch of them, stacks of microfiber towels, and they all go in the wash. You ever been to like a resort or a public pool where they have a big stack of towels? This is Paul's garage of microfiber. It's just like, oh, well, you refilled the microfiber this week. They're color-coded. It's, yes. it's impressive. Well, you need to use the different microfibers so you're not using the window microfibers on the paint, and you're using the inner door jam towels. Grios has all these. The inner uh-huh. door jam towels are gray because those might be used for cleaning water spots off of wheels and the in- you know, you open the trunk lid and the water is accumulated up there. You need it. <laughs> not, not the paint microfiber towel. You want to use the dirty spots rag for that. So there's definitely a towel for every job, but you need more of them. So don't let them, you got to turn them, of course, yeah. fold them inside out, but don't let them get so dirty where they're almost black. I, I have to apologize live and on the air to my dear friend, Paul, <laughs> what? because I realize I've known you for a long time. We've done this show for 15 years this year. Amazing. And every time, every time we're on a shoot and you have a big stack of towels. I, I, it's really, I bring this is, so many. This is dawning on me right now. Every single time I'm going to clean a part of a car, I lean into the car and I say, which color towel do I need to use? Yes, You'd you think I would have learned by now. <laughs> You'd think I would know the color coding system. I, at my house, I'm just happy to have found a microfiber. I, I mean, the, it has a color. I don't even know. I don't even care. <laughs> this is one of those things that I have such blinders on. I should learn your color coding. You know them instantly. I have no idea. I'm just, it's a microfiber and it's vaguely clean. And off I go. I do. Yeah, I'm Back sorry. Up. No, no worries. I, no worries. <laughs> You'd think I'd learned. Hey, I haven't learned. Hey, it's totally fine. Becca, you could use, if you don't quite get those underbelly areas, the rockers, the bottom of the bumpers quite clean when you're washing because you don't want to use your wash mitt, you could come back with Speed Shine later and use the microfiber to 
come back with speed shine. It's okay to wash your car and then come back with speed shine to get all the spots and, mm-hmm. and any leftover, you, you missed a wash. Your, your washing motions left a triangle of dirt mm-hmm. somewhere. We do it's this okay. every single shoot, by the way. Every single car we film, the, the speed shine comes out and we are fixing something. This is important. It's very important. We sure appreciate all your questions. We appreciate your yeah. engagement. We appreciate your email so much, especially when you drop us a line, just something on your mind, mm-hmm. and you were driving by and you saw a car, you saw something that just reminded you of Todd and Paul. We That's love cool. that. We love Very hearing cool. from you guys. Thank you for all your questions. Hopefully by now you know where to send your car debates, mm-hmm. and we welcome that. Looking forward to next time. As always, cheers, everyone. <laughs>